Sipping on some 40s, yeah, yeah. Talking about the 40s, oh yeah. His 40s are 40s, oh yeah, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to a super spooky episode of 40s on 40s. I'm Seth. I'm Josh. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do what we came here to do. <laughs> just get real real scary, drink. And talk about top 40 songs. That's right. And we're doing something a little different today. Um, because it is our Halloween episode, um, we're actually going to take a break from the current top 40. And what we're going to do is we're going to pick four songs that were on previous top 40 lists that are also Halloween themed. There you go. In some way. Um, now, what I've done, because there's a lot, there's a lot of Halloween themed top 40 songs, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, d- I did not either. Before we start yeah. recording, I had no idea. But uh, what I've done is I've compiled <laughs> a pretty substantial list, and by substantial I mean six or so, uh, different <laughs> songs, and what we're going to do is I'm going to call out, or I'm going to ask Josh to give me a letter of the alphabet, but let's see, A, B, C, D, E, or F, and depending on what letter he gives me, we will review that song excellent so uh should now should we pour first or should we choose first um maybe we should i think we should pour, pour first let's pour and then i'll uh actually you're supposed to ask me what we're drinking oh yeah so what are we what are we <laughs> drinking tonight josh <laughs> sorry i'm glad you asked we're, uh, <laughs> so apparently we're drinking a very special occasion halloween themed and um you know we're starting to get run out of new 40s drinks so we're doing a uh, a large bottle of sangria Yes. Not only is it sangria, but it, it's a uh, Carlo Rossi sangria, which just ha- so happens to be my same, uh, my last name. Yeah. Now, um, uh, th- this this particular sangria actually has a little bit of a history behind it with you and me. Please explain. Uh, <laughs> oh, I would love to, Josh. Uh, basically, when me and Josh first started hanging out long before this podcast, uh, several years actually before this podcast, uh, one of the first things that happened was I had a birthday party <clears throat> at this place called The Barrel. Which is a lovely little karaoke joint uh, <laughs> down on Van Nuys, uh, Van Nuys Boulevard. It's a great spot. It's hilarious. All kinds of people go through there. And uh, Josh, <laughs> I invited a bunch of people. Josh was one of them. And when we got there, uh, people had already put in their songs. We were really excited. I hadn't put in a song yet because I was waiting for people to show up. Um, but Josh was like, hey, Seth, so um, I got you a birthday present and it's in the car. And I was like, okay, cool. So we went to his car, we sat in the car, and he was like, okay, so here's the thing, I didn't really get you anything, but I have this jug of sangria, so do you want to drink some of it? And I was like, yeah. And then a true friendship was formed. Wow, what a cheap friend. (laughs) Just my kind of friend. I didn't really get you a present, I just, just come drink with me in my car. (laughs) Like, literally. But that was uh, that was a, be- a great beginning to a great friendship. So. I assure you guys, I didn't drink uh, beyond the limit. I kept it within reason. Oh, of course. I had water. He was. Don't, re- don't drink and drive, kids. Josh is very responsible, <laughs> yeah. as am I. So don't drink and drive. Uh, but it was just a hilarious singular moment that kind of encapsulated what our friendship would soon become. So, uh, so uh, in in um, in honor of that and our friendship, <laughs> why don't I why don't I pour you a Oh, I would love that. A glass of sangria. I would love that. And we can cheers <laughs> to our friendship. Thank you. Cheers to our friendship and cheers to uh, another another Halloween. It's here. I think Halloween's probably my favorite holiday. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, same here. Um, it's also I, my favorite holiday. I love Halloween. I just love every part of it. Um, I think it's because I'm kind of a weirdo, and so like it gives me an excuse to be weird. Um, so <laughs> Weird in, uh, in what way, Seth? I mean, in whatever way you fancy, Josh. Oh, no, um, I dropped a cap. Oh, oh. This is why you don't let Josh <laughs> pour the drink. Man, we haven't even drank anything yet. It's okay. I'll find the cap. Yeah, We'll find it some sometime when we do this episode. Um, I'm pretty confident that it'll show up. Um, <laughs> it's, you, it's under you see the it? seat. I'll get oh, it is later. it under the seat? Okay. <laughs> the seat. Well, we'll get it later. Anyway, well, hey, cheers. Cheers. Happy Halloween, bud. Happy Halloween. Oh, this is so good. Oh, yeah. God, I love it. I love it, man. Anyway, okay, so 
let's get into this. So I have six songs here. There's one thing I need to do before. Oh yeah, yeah. What's that? What's that? So there's. All right, everyone. I want to get be serious for a minute. Okay. Eh, not really. Um, <laughs> so I said some very strong things about Anthony Fantano and the needle drop. And I need to apologize to Anthony Fantano and to our listeners. I said, F yourself. <laughs> you did. I said, go F off, which is, that's, that was, I think that should have been the limit. And then I was like, F yourself. I was caught up in my angry card. I was trying to be a little entertaining. I was a little buzzed. And, uh, that's, that's not appropriate. That's, uh, that's a little bit, a little too harsh. I think that was, uh, that was mean. So I apologize for saying that. I also checked out his review of Damn because I was like, you know, I'll check out a more recent review and yeah. see what's up, see how he's doing. And it was not as um, it was not as frustrating or um, empty as other reviews I feel that I've uh, heard from him a few years ago. Mm. Um, I think that I, I I watched it and I felt like. He gave some interesting insight to the lyrics and the overall themes of the record. Mm-hmm. I will say that's honestly I haven't seen reviews for a few years except for that damn one. I think the review was it was a little broad. It wasn't um, it wasn't super thorough on mm-hmm. the lyrics or the music. Uh, it was again lacking the sort of more personal or emotional content of reviews that I tend to like. But I think he's doing I think he's doing his best job, and he has minimal time because he's doing reviews often. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I mean he's doing his best, and I'd, I'd say the positive is he might be turning on people to new music. And he's, you know, maybe he's encouraging other people to talk and think about music. I personally wouldn't, I don't enjoy his reviews that much, even after watching the damn one. I wouldn't watch his stuff. Um, And I still obviously don't like the numeric grading system. But, all that said, he's alright. I'm sorry, Anthony. Do your thing. It's all good. And uh, there we go. Cool. That's that's. I said my piece. Thanks for listening, Seth. Thanks for letting me. Uh, no, I was get real that, nice. Get that man. off my chest. Yeah. One thing I will say is that um, one thing that I've always appreciated about the Needle Drop is that he uh, not only does he review pop and hit and hip hop, but he actually reviews a pretty wide uh, breadth of genres, which I appreciate. Like he reviews a lot of like death metal. He reviews a lot of like grindcore, like a lot of different genres that I don't normally see reviews of, and that's kind of what I personally take value in the most out of that channel is uh, the fact that he looks at a lot of different kinds of music and not just hip hop and pop and rock, but that he he is willing to explore other genres on the channel. Yeah. So I appreciate that about him. Um, yeah. I, I would agree to that. Mm. I think his reviews in the last couple of years have gotten a lot more polished. Because, you know, he's just been doing it for so long that it kind of... Now it's now it's become a regular thing for him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that was a... Uh, there you really go, nice. people. Thanks, uh, Seth. Yeah, no, thank you. Without without further ado, um, before I interrupted you, you were, gonna, <laughs> you were going to say... No, 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 no worries, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, let's get back to this. So, we have A through F, I believe, are the letters here. Let me just confirm that. Uh, yes, A through F. So, Josh, pick a letter... A through F. Okay. Give it to me. I'm going to pick the letter E. The letter E. Because the second letter in Seth is E. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> this is getting it to be a romantic episode, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so E just so happens to be Witchy Woman by the Eagles. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. So we are going to review it. I believe it peaked at number nine on the charts. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I don't remember what year, but I will find out by the time we listen to it. So uh, let's let's get into one, it. One thing about the Eagles. Yeah. For anyone that's interested or likes the Eagles a lot, there's like a four-hour documentary on the Eagles on Netflix. Oh, no kidding? I'm not even a big... I don't... I'm not an Eagles fan. I didn't know very much about them. But I watched the entire four-hour documentary. It was great. What's so, it called? I don't remember. But okay. four-hour documentary on the Eagles, I would recommend it. Netflix. Whether or not you're an Eagles fan. Just Netflix, Netflix and show with the Eagles. That's yeah. what it's all about. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this.
So uh, that was a that was a classic jam. It's from 1972. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what you think about that, Josh? Uh, I liked it. I I like actually enjoyed it. I <clears throat> the groove got my head bobbing. Mm-hmm. There's like solid rhythm section going on, bass and drums, and um, I like you know older record. I like that there's more natural instruments. Um, mm. There's more dynamics. There's more natural sort of uh, organic feel, which is cool. I love their voices. I love the harmonies. Yeah, um, man. The main singer has like the smoky vibe going mm-hmm. on. And like the whole vibe was like this sort of uh, mysterious, seductive thing. And like the mirror, the lyrics and the music la- matched in that way. And um, yeah. and yeah, just the harmonies. Just, you know, like the human voice is uh, very captivating. So hearing those harmonies was great. And I certain sometimes there was like a uh, mid bridge section where like it was like just bass, drums, and uh, vocals. It sounded like just layers of harmony, which I found interesting. And then sometimes the harmonies would like start off kind of more quiet and then swell and it was like this sort of wave i don't know how else to describe it yeah it really like washes over you you know um yeah i mean every single member of the eagles uh was singing on this Hmm. on the song and on most of their songs which is kind of the magic of of their music you know you've got glenn fry don henley randy meisner and uh bernie leaden and all four of them together are just, like, this powerhouse of, like, harmonic, like, mastery. <laughs> it's just, like... I mean, yeah. if you listen to any other Eagles songs, like, you know, it's pretty... It's pretty nuts. Like, they reach some pretty ridiculous... They can accomplish some some real cool things with just their voices. Um, and this was in a time... You could you could kind of correct some things, but not really that much, you know. Right. You're basically yeah. just going off of your voice on its own. So like the amount of the amount of skill <laughs> that it takes for not one, not two, but for four dudes to get together in a room and be able to harmonize that well just like blows my mind, dude. Um, yes. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, that bass line. I love how near the end of the song, um, it was basically just it, that... I think it was Glenn Fry who was doing the leads in this song. Um, but it was just like the... It was that lead vocal line by itself, and it was just riding that bass. And that bass was like all... Like, it was like the only other instrument that was going on other than the drums. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so cool that the bass was just like so solid and it would like move around a little bit, but it wouldn't it wasn't enough to like detract from the singing. Um it's just a really it just had the yeah, it had like a very mysterious vibe about it. It was really cool. Yeah, I will I will say I feel like it's a song I probably would might not listen to outside of Halloween season. Okay. Um I feel like like the char- the characterization of the witchy woman is sort of cartoon like and um <laughs> for sure kind of uh you know it's like it just reminds me of uh make believe like in a fun way make believe sure yeah you know? um, well these are the same guys that are at hotel california which is full of like fantastic fantastical right. imagery so it's kind of in in line with right. what else they've written about i agree though i mean it does reach like somewhat cartoonish heights <laughs> at times but I think that adds kind of to like the mystique of the song you know cause like yeah. it, it has this vibe of like you know is this an exaggeration or does she actually fly like <laughs> hard to say um it's hard to say yeah. man um I mean I don't I don't know like I don't know anyone like a would you woman I mean maybe if I was <laughs> like maybe if I just met someone and there's something sort of mysterious and uh uh, intimidating about them. Sure. I don't know, but I, you know. Well, some people have that air about them, you know. I mean, um, yeah. I, I mean, and I grew up in the north, in the northwest. <laughs> I grew up in the northern lens. <laughs> <laughs> no, like literally, though, I did. I grew up in the woods and shit, and um, riding unicorns, <laughs> slaying, slaying evil satyrs. Uh, not all satyrs are evil. That's actually a stereotype. Um, there's some good satyrs out there. Um, Hashtag Saturn rights. Um, anyway, no, but like building wood nymphs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, um, go ahead. No, but like that, that kind of shit. Sorry. Like you know, you meet some people up there, and they definitely have like a vibe. <laughs> that's like, 
It might not be like they're, they're wearing a lot of crystals, <laughs> <laughs> crystal necklaces. I mean, I mean rings. <laughs> crystal. Well, yes, um, yeah. The county fair that happens every year in Oregon. It's a real thing. Look it up. It's it's <laughs> fucking. Have I ever told you about the county fair? I think I actually tried to get you up this summer, but uh, we didn't have time. We it, talked about it, but we didn't make God, it happen. We, I, we, need, need, we need to do. We that. need to yeah. do that next year. It's magical. Like look, like you will. <laughs> It's it's amazing. It's basically like you go out, you drive all the way out into like this kind of this even more woodsy area and and you go on a bus and it drops you off and you go in and literally it's in the woods. There's a dirt path that takes you everywhere and all of the vendors are in tree houses. Like I shit you not. They're all in tree houses. <laughs> Most of them are like ground level, but like they're still like they're built into the trees and like, you know, it's it's just it's really mind blowing. It's really. <laughs> I thought you're gonna be like, no, there. I mean, you have to climb the tree because it's just a, <laughs> it's just a skill most Oregonians are born with. Is I mean, tree climbing. it's true. Yeah. Me and my sister scaled trees a lot when we were kids. So, um, but no, yeah. I mean, like that. I guess it's because like that kind of vibe. Like, there's a lot of like hippies out there, and a lot of like that sort of mysticism, and so like that's a thing that. I feel like I'm a little more in tune with, for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, you know, because we all kind of grew up with, like, you know, vibes and energy, and, like, that's, like, a thing. Even though, like, being in California, you know, that was quickly, like, kind of ripped away from me. Because everyone's like, you know, there's a drug that can reproduce that. And I'm like, shut up, man. You're ruining my childhood. So, um... Yeah. But regardless... I, I, I sort of, uh... There, there's a part of me that is, uh open to like you know intuition or vibes being somehow being able to understand or communicate things yeah dude on a non non uh, language level totally i i think the vibes and energy are a real thing i just think it's a matter of how they're applied and how they're used you know like i think some people kind of get overboard and they're like you can use energy for like a lot of like physical healing properties and i'm like i don't know like you should probably just go to a doctor you know (laughs) (laughs) just just get yourself checked out man come on that that athlete's uh, foot's not gonna go away on its own i promise you um anyway but regardless of that i think that that's why i connected more to the vibe and i and one thing that i will say about the song is i think that the that like the vibe and the feel of the song connected with the lyrics the most Mm -hmm. like it created sort of this atmosphere and this mood that was kind of like mysterious and like magical yeah to say the least so i really liked it um you know i again i think that if this song were to be on the radio I think I would want to listen to it if I was in a chill mood, but otherwise I think it might be kind of boring for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that it does in this song, it does pretty masterfully. I think it's just a matter of like whether or not like it's your bag or not. Right. So, it's um, my, my opinion anyway. It's just your opinion, man. It's um, just my one, opinion, man. <laughs> one final uh, tangent about tree climbing. <laughs> okay. I remember... Okay. Uh, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. um, I was looking through old pictures, and I found one where I was, like, three years old. Okay. I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I was three years old in Pittsburgh, and it was just me and a couple friends in a tree, like, maybe 15 <laughs> feet high. <laughs> nice. And uh, I was looking at it, and I was like, I was like, were my parents just, they don't, they're cool with this, like, a three-year-old <laughs> being in a tree? <laughs> it's like, that. like oh, I'll be fine, you can get down yet. I don't remember them. I don't remember getting up there or getting down, but I was just like looking at that picture and I was like, this seems a little odd. Clearly, you figured it out. Yeah, I did. I was I mean, okay, I guess. I bet the I bet whoever took that picture like took it and then was immediately like, okay, do you guys need help? Like, you yeah. help getting down? Yeah. But whatever. I'm for a cle- for uh, tree climbing. <laughs> I'm for that for for children. It does does good. It does. It does you good. It does you real good. So uh, anyway. Cool. Well, uh, I think we're good on this one. Let's uh, let's go back to the roulette. How you doing on that drink there? Um, a third. Okay. Of my glass. Now. I got excited. I drank all mine. Um, I'm I'm starting to feel it a little bit actually. I am too actually. This is exciting. Maybe the Halloween episode will be a little bit more spicy than we thought. Um, okay. So that was E. So you still have five more letters to choose from. So. Um, A through F. Gotta go with B. B. All right. B is uh, Disturbia by Rihanna. So okay. we are going to go into this. 
Uh, I'm not sure. Well, it was on the radio. I think it peaked at number one, actually. Um, this was back, I think it would have been in 2008, 2009. I can confirm that when we start. But, uh, yeah, just check it out, man. To me, this will always be, like, Golden Age Rihanna. Like, this was when that album came out with, like, all of her hits on it. Um, Good Girl Gone Bad, I think, was the name of the album. And this was, like, Rihanna's, like, big breakout. This was, like, her breakout album that had, like, all of her hits on it that first, like, catapulted her into stardom. Okay. Um, this song, I actually remember this song dominating the radio uh, while I was in college. And, um, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to find the words to describe it. Um, I think it's catchy. I think that the, I, I noticed throughout the song that there was kind of this octave thing that the vocals were doing, um, like throughout most of it, like she would be singing either the lower or the higher, and then there'd be like a voice in the back that'd be doing the opposite. Um, and I liked that effect. Um, I feel like it's sort of like, I don't know. It, it added a little bit of depth to it, in my opinion, um, <laughs> considering that there wasn't a lot of depth to go on otherwise. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm with you on that last sentence. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is a song where, like, you literally just put on a club and you're like, hey, there's a... I think I want to dance either with somebody or on my own, and then you just, like, go out and you just start freaking. I feel like this is that song. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Like zero. You're just, zero, you're, just like... you're just being patient while I try to say nice things about it. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's like after hearing the Eagle song. Oh, totally, dude. I was just like, and, I was like, wow, th- this really, this really reminds me of how much I don't like over compression and pitch shifting oh my God, and like so fake instrument, like. Not that it's f- the instruments are fake, but they're um, they're produced digitally. It's like there's, right. it just it, it, there's such a sterile, unrelatable quality to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like to me the most important f- one of the most important factors of music is relatability and yeah. emotion. And it's like there is zero of that. Like her voice, there is some of it in her voice, but even that started to get like it was all pitch shifted yeah, and auto tuned. Yeah, it started to get murky. To and like, it was just like they were so trying to go with like probably the Kanye trend, which I actually like Kanye's use of like mm. auto tune and stuff. They were trying to like the thing about when when music tries to get so involved with trends, it, it, it that's what makes it sound so dated. Yeah, you know when you're like, totally. oh, the '80s sound. It's just like the '80s sound is just certain. Um, motifs or trends that are way overused and inappropriately used like used in ways that yeah. don't, don't add to the song in any way <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah. I, no, I, I don't even want to get into the lyrics they're just ridiculous <laughs> they're just they're asinine I was it's about like, to be like do we need to get into I don't want to get into the lyrics it just like oh, oh and then God. like the bass and drum like literally the drum was like oh cunt Oh yeah, I was the gonna same say exact, and it's like it the, the bass. Most, it was the most simple, straightforward. Bass line was the same thing. Bass line was like ninety percent, like the whole time. Bass line ninety percent, the same thing, and like so it was just so repetitive. <laughs> and like I literally was like, "This is torture. This is like <laughs> this is like someone like this is like someone re- re- repetitive, repetitively poking you in the same spot <laughs> until you can't handle it anymore." And oh she's like, God. "Fuck, stop." Please, for the love of God, but tear my face off, dude. Here's the one thing I will say. Actually, um, I know I said some positive things about this song, and I stick by them. I still stick by them, even in the face of, of such mundaneity. If that's even how you pronounce that word, it's, well, yeah, it's good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, thanks for backing me up on that. But um, I don't know if you've seen the music video to this song, 
but ooh boy, it is a doozy. Um, I'm gonna watch it when I get home tonight. I I hope you do, and I hope you call me, <laughs> and I hope you be like, why did you make me watch that? And I'll be like, well, Josh, sometimes we gotta suffer through our art, and uh, this mm-hmm. is one of those times. It's literally like, it's it's really funny because I feel like I didn't mind the song as much as you did. However. When I saw the music video for the first time, I remember being like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And it's basically just... Wait, don't tell me. Okay. I want to be surprised. I won't. Uh, wait, can you cover your ears for a second? I yeah. need to describe it to the audience. Okay, so basically it's like when you take every cliche horror trope, like long-haired girls, fucking creepy, like, like uh, that Halle Berry uh, gothica. Like, if you take that... It's every cliche from that just rolled into one music video. It's great. Anyway, that was it. Was I loud? No, no, no. Okay. You were totally great. I was covering my ears and making weird sounds. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they were audible. No, it added to the spooky element of the okay. episode, yeah. All right. Um, anyway, I don't really think we need to say too much more. It's kind of hot trash. It's actually very much hot trash. But for me, anyway, it was enjoyable hot trash. Josh did not feel the same, but... No. <laughs> I wish I could telegraph your facial expressions on this <laughs> no, episode. Dude. Oh my god. One okay. <laughs> Speaking of Rihanna. Okay. Okay. She blocked me. Rihanna blocked you? She was like oh, she was like, no. you know what? She's like, you didn't hit me back for three weeks, that's disrespectful. Oh. You're lucky I even was like Damn. Yeah, and she just blocked me. That's brutal. I mean <laughs> that makes sense though. I mean if you if you if uh, a girl of Rihanna's Stature uh, tries to hit up one of us average Joes, and you don't respond back for three weeks. It's kind of putting yeah. the red light on, as she says. Yeah. So it's, break lights are on. Just they're on. What was up with that lyric, by the way? I, I don't just none of them are. See just... what's see what's weird about this song is that there was like imagery of like cars, but then there was also imagery of like horror tropes. That's what I didn't get. I was like, why do you keep giving all these, like, literal signals, car signals, and then you, on the other hand, you're like, your mind is in disturbia, <laughs> you're going crazy, like, why, like, where was the connection to the that? The lyrics were very, it was almost nonsensical, there was, like, a number of non-sequiturs, it's like, things just wouldn't follow, you're just yeah. like, you're like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, totally, or it was like, she wrote, it was like, she wrote the verses and the pre-chorus and the chorus all three of them for different songs right like the verses was like for like a car song which i think she has a car song right am i i I I don't know probably music rana's had like fucking a million albums so i'm sure somewhere there's a car metaphor in there somewhere anyway she has that she's the horror thing she's something else it's just all over the place so okay i just okay just I said I wouldn't get into the lyrics, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to read three lines. Okay, okay. Throw okay. on your brake lights. Okay. Okay, so we don't know who she's talking to. We well, probably somebody she's trying to hit on. And we don't know why they need to throw on their brake lights. Uh, maybe they're coming on too strong? Okay, so... It's, yeah, maybe. So throw on your brake lights. Okay. We're in the city of wonder. Okay. What so, the fuck are you talking are about? You, are you saying that you're going too fast in the city of wonder? Or are you... Is it that... You're you're gonna drive past the city of wonder and you want to stop off in it. Uh, what's the what's the, 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 the latter lyric? interpretation? I like. What's That's, the third lyric? And then ain't gonna play nice. But but if you're throwing on the brakes, aren't you playing nice by like stopping to slow down to like check out the city of wonder? Or is it that when you go into the city of wonder, she transforms into a demon? She eats your face. Is that? Watch out! You just might go under. But why are you going under if your brake if your brakes are on? You you stop. Because she's not playing nice anymore. She's gonna oh, take them under. Oh shit! Like okay, honestly, I. But think... she's telling him to put the brakes on, and then she's saying she's gonna We're... take him under anyway. She's like, take on, put on the brake light. <laughs> Maybe she's like a, I don't know, like a siren or like a not Medusa. I don't know some sort. Oh, of... Okay. It's like she's she's saying, like tempting the your, hearts of men. Throw on your brake lights because we're in the city of wonder to tempt him, and then all of uh, a sudden I'm not gonna play nice. I'm gonna gonna pull you under. But and, but it's, and then it's like you're in Disturbia. Honestly, I feel like the lyrics are so they're so vague and so like <laughs> so disjointed. Yeah, 
that it's entirely up to the interpreter or the listener, yeah. us, yeah. to try to make any sense of them. Yeah, it's almost like... Uh, it's... And, like, you did... It, I feel like you did a good job of making it interesting. <laughs> Thank but you. But it's just, like, the lyrics themselves are just fucking... They're just... They don't make any sense. I feel like it's, like, one of those art house movies where it's like, well, we're not going to tell you what what it means because we want... We want the the viewer to interpret it for themselves, and you're like, well, yeah, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. So just tell me, give me something, give me a hint as to the direction that I should be thinking. I think I think it's excessively vague and yeah. nonsensical. Totally, it's almost like it's shock value without any of the shock. You know, yeah. it's like it's trying to use like these like this imagery of like here's a scene and here's a scene and here's a scene, and they're like all like trying to get your interest, but there's no like shock to it it's just like using like the the standard pop lyrics there's no i feel like there's no emotion or intent behind it exactly which is important to me in music it's just like here's a bunch of random things and because you're a human that their brain needs to make make sense of things you'll make sense of it somehow right exactly it was just well because it's like you can't really you can't really create shock if you don't have like an emotional response out of a person you know it was just yeah also, it, it was just fucking puzzling. <laughs> just puzzle, just a big puzzle that we didn't care to solve. <laughs> You're in Disturbia. All right. Anyway, that's what is this? Anyway, okay. We, maybe we shouldn't get any more into it. Maybe it's up to interpretation. Um. So we're gonna leave it at that. Anyway, I can't do it. How do you, there you go. That's not really like a. That's like a shots fired sound effect. Though. I know. I know. It's not related to what we're talking about. I just wanted to hear you do it. <laughs> you know, you All haven't right. asked me to bust it out of parties yet. Um, I'm a little disappointed, and yeah. I, I know of parties on Friday and Saturday if you want to go. As nice. Yeah. Okay, let's hit those up. Um. Anyway outside of partying so we've got four more letters to go we've done d or no we've done b and e let's do a let's do a well you're in luck josh we just might turn this party around you know why please tell me because we're doing thriller yes. son i was hoping Woo! Was yep yes, we're doing right. thriller let's listen to this shit cleanse the palate it's gonna be great time just now like the whole time we were listening to that song i like i started to try to like talk to you at the beginning and you just like weren't even responding because you were like so deep in the zone oh yeah dude i, <laughs> I don't even remember that i'm sorry dude. i don't remember what you said or anything dude. no it didn't even matter yeah. i like started talking i saw your face and i'm like oh shit we're in the zone okay here we go yeah like dude what a fucking what a perfect song like You've got every you've got everything. You've got Michael Jackson's unbelievably great performance. You have a funky ass bass line. Yeah. You've got the backing vocals. You've got the horn part that's like subtly kind of creeps in there. And on an album that is full of just star-studded guest spots, motherfucker brings on Vincent Price yeah, to dude. just deliver one of the best monologues in music history ever. Yeah, Vincent. Vincent was pretty dope. Just, and like that um, laugh, like you can't, yeah. you can't deny that laugh, dude. That laugh is like fucking gold. <laughs> um, the thing, okay, hearing that, there, I could say a lot, but just yeah, yeah. That right after Rihanna, I was like, holy fuck. Like, (laughs) Rihanna's song, it was like everything sounded very cluttered in in the same space and like Mm -hmm. just boring and repetitive. I hear that song and I'm like, holy shit, there's like so much going on. There's like these different rhythms and these different percussive instruments and then Mm -hmm. there's like these funky guitars and there's these horns and these synths and these strings and like harmonies and vocals. There's like all these things going on. But somehow they all work together, and they're all, like, 
spaced out and EQ'd just the right way where like yeah, everything's totally. just fucking groovy as hell. Like yeah. but it's like you got that you got enough repetition in the in the bass line to like keep keep the vibe going, but then you have all this like cool, interesting extra stuff stuff like yeah, that to me is like a, a song that I could definitely dance to and like just not lose interest and oh, be sure. so down with. I mean, well, one thing that I that I think that this song works really well in favor of for Michael Jackson is the fact that he always used his uh, he always used his vocals at like as a percussive element. Mm-hmm. Like he always was like doing those like uh, and like the like extra shit in the background like to keep the energy going. And I feel like this yeah. song is just such like yeah. the perfect vessel for him to do that cuz like you've got you basically have different like polyrhythms in almost every instrument. So no matter when he does it, it's going to sync up, but he does it on like these like kind of offs like before yeah. it comes into the verses and it just put it just keeps pushing the energy forward and then by the time the chorus hits it's just this explosion and you've got like yeah. the synth doing it you have the backing harmony doing it yeah, you've got him doing it there's like the the connecting bars and like um the connecting bars and like the bridge uh there's like these really interesting like voicings and chords yeah like, totally cause you know like Quincy and other people are like total probably fucking music jazz aficionados and right. like they would throw in this like these extra little spicy voicings and chords in there and it's just like yeah man I was actually gonna say too I think that this is one of one of those songs where like the bridge like the way that the bridge flows in from that second chorus is like completely seamless. Like you don't even notice that it's even a bridge happening until yeah. you're already like halfway into it and you're like, oh, it's a different thing. And then instead of the bridge going into the chorus, it hits you with another verse. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh shit, here we go. And like when it hits you with that verse, it's like you're back in the groove, you're back in the in the feel. And then it hits you with that last chorus, and then you think you're done, and then you've got the Vincent Price outro. You're just like, holy shit! Like it keeps like it keeps adding, you know. And it's cool because sort of like a good horror movie, it keeps you guessing, but in a way that's super like good and pleasurable and like works, you know. Like it all works within itself too. Yeah. Just fucking masterful all around. It ma- it actually made me miss Michael Jackson. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I listened yeah. to that again and I'm like, dude, I'm so fucking bummed that we'll never be able to see him live again, you know? Like, yeah. that was it. Just everything about it was so, like, tasteful and, like, what and like intentioned. Like, you could tell that, like, <laughs> I-, I think what I was gonna say to you actually before, um, before I realized you were in the zone and I wa- and I backed off, is at the very beginning I was like, oh shit, is that a wood block? Like Yeah, it sounded like at that intro part. And I'm like, like how would you even think to put a wood block in there? And yet it just like adds it adds yeah. to it, you know? Like it totally. doesn't it's yeah. it's mixed down just enough where you barely notice it, but like when you do notice it, you're like, oh shit, it's like this extra kind of lighter sort of pop yeah. that really adds to it. Yeah, and then okay, one final thing about that song. Yeah. yeah. I started. I was like thinking about it, and I was like, "Wait, why did they put like this Halloween song on that record?" <laughs> like, I'm very happy that the song exists, but like, the the album is named after that song. Exactly, but it's like yeah. Thriller. Like that song is so unrelated to the rest of the song. Thema- <laughs> like the rest of the songs in the album thematically. For sure, yeah. So I wonder if they were just like knew ahead of time, like, oh, this is gonna be a fall release. Well, you know or what like, I, you know what I think it was too is I think that like you know like the way that Michael Jackson did Smooth Criminal like with that song he was just like I'm so slick I'm gonna knock you out so yeah. it's like for Thriller it's like yeah I'm just like this bad boy like monster that's gonna like sneak in gonna like sneak into your house and take your take your daughters you know okay like I feel like I feel like him and Quincy they both heard that song and were like this is gonna be a banger we have to center everything around this song right and we're gonna make like a and fucking 20 minute music video it's like probably the greatest <laughs> music video of all time it's yeah it's a t- it's incredible it's a fucking bonkers music video it's like okay I just saw American <laughs> Werewolf in London for the first time ever really great film oh it's a great movie or I enjoyed it a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like thriller music video was like the production quality was like greater than an than an actual full length feature film. Yeah, totally. It was, it's insane, totally, and then like the dancing, the choreography, like everything yeah. about that music video is like. Yeah, I mean the choreography is oh legendary. Gosh. 
the fact that it's an entire plot, it's just. It, and it was. It I'm was, gonna watch it now. I know, me too, man. Right I'm gonna watch the Rihanna thing and be like, "What the fuck?" And I'm gonna watch Thriller and be like, "Man, I almost the feel, culture has just gone to shit." I almost feel bad for asking you to watch the Rihanna video now because I feel like you're gonna go back and watch Thriller and be like, "Man, <laughs> what did I just watch?" It's all right. It's only like five minutes of your time though versus Thriller, which is like a twenty minute investment, but right. it's worth it. But just, my God. You know what's actually really funny? The first time... This is a, a random side note. Um, the first time I ever saw the music video for Thriller, I was like 11 or 12, and I was on a fucking cruise to Alaska, um, of all go. places. Like, my grandma and my parents, they had been saving up for a while, and they're like, cool, we have enough money, we're gonna get this, this cruise to Alaska. Because my dad is really into, like, you know, Native American culture, so we were like, let's check out all the all the cool art that's up in the Northwest and, like, up in Alaska because there's a lot of tribes up there and it's it's cool. So we went, and I remember in, the in like, the little bunks that we all had, um, they were really small. And I remember me and my sister slept in the same room as my grandma. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, grandma, but she snored so loud. <laughs> no. I remember I couldn't sleep uh. and it was like you know one in the morning and my sister was already asleep so I was like what am I going to do so I turned on the TV that was like in our cabins and there on the screen was the very middle of the video for Thriller there you are and I absolutely had no idea what was going on but I could not stop watching it yeah. <laughs> and I remember like I was like wow this music is really cool and like the effects are kind of freaky but like I'm down, and they're doing dance moves, and, like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, like, no rhyme or reason, but I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Yeah. And uh, when I got back home, uh, we bought that album, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it was, like, yeah, it was game-changing, dude. Yeah, it, it is. There, there's something totally engrossing and magical about yeah. that video. It's it's so weird because, like, it is kind of freaky, you know? Like, it is, yeah. His face goes all weird and alien shit, but, like... There's something about it that's very just like engrossing. Like you can't you can't take your eyes off of it. And I think that's what Michael Jackson was as an artist. Mm. So well, I mean, besides the whole awesomeness of the music video, yeah. His voice and dancing alone is just like Oh, of course. Instantly it's hard to not You can't deny pay attention, it. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, rest in peace, Michael. We miss you every day. So let's go on to this last song. Fucking A man. So Seth. Yeah, yes, wait, Josh. <laughs> so we have we have Which three, ones did I do? We have three letters left. You've done A, B, and E. Okay. So you have C, D, and F C. left over. Well it's gotta be D. It's gotta be D? Ooh, good choice. D is Weird Science by Oingo Boingo. Oh, Oingo Boingo. So hyped. Oh my god. I love me All some right. Oingo Boingo. It's gonna get gonna get really uh, freaky now. It's gonna get a little weird, you could say. But up but but up but From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm, I think I'm feeling this, uh, this Rossi a little bit. Feeling the Rossi sangria. I'm feeling the Rossi, dude. Um, fucking Oingo Boingo, man. Let's talk about this. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I, I'm feeling for you, dude. I'm like, why oh, are you feeling for I me? Hope, I hope Seth can make it through. Oh, I'll make it through. Okay. Don't even sweat it, dude. All right. I so, <laughs> I have a Oingo Boingo is pretty near and dear to my heart. Um, I just, I feel, well, I feel like this song, taking away my bias, I feel like this song kind of lives and dies by a couple different things. Okay. First off, it's bass line. Um, that bass line is basically carrying most of the song. Um, because I, I feel like there's moments where, like, it kind of dips, 
and it kind of, like, especially near the end, it, like, takes out some of the instruments, uh-huh. and it just relies on the bass and the drums, and the bass is, like, fucking, it's, like, hauling ass in this song, like, the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's a pretty awesome bass line, uh, in my opinion. Um, the other thing that this song relies on to carry it is Danny Elfman's performance, which is just unhinged and, um, <laughs> very impassioned about all the science that he's making, and, um, it really, honestly, if it wasn't for those two things, I feel like this song, if you take away those elements, it's very one note, like... Yeah, you have kind of the same line that's repeating for most of the time that the song runs, which I feel like yeah. is about three and a half to four minutes. It, yeah, it shared, in my opinion, it shared the Rihanna song quality, where it was like getting to the point where it was so repetitive that it was like, oh, please stop. Right, it was kind of monotonous. Um, but again, I think that I think that this is a song where, like, if you were to see it performed live, I think that it would be a much different experience. But I think that listening to it on its own, it does get monotonous after a while. What I, what my brain did is like the more it went into it, I started to, I started to listen to the individual instruments. Yeah. And they were all doing very cool things, like the horns had their whole thing that they were doing. The bass had its line. Danny Elfman was doing like the vocal, like improv stuff near the end. Uh-huh. Um, and I appreciated all of it, but it was still the same, the p- same progression, you know? It, the song was like six minutes long. It should have been three and a half minutes long. Right. It should have gone through like maybe two or three of the like my creation parts and then been out and it would have been a little bit more easy to handle, I think. It was, wait, it was... It was very long. There, there was no need for it to be six minutes long. Yeah. Was it actually six minutes long? Yeah, I looked because... Oh, shit. I started to be like, holy fuck, am I going crazy or is this a long song? Not that six minutes is ne- necessarily long for a song, but... But if you're only playing one chord progression, it's... But yeah, if it's... It's long. Given the music or circumstance, it, could, it six minutes can sound like forever. Yeah. So, like... The content of the song didn't call for six minutes. It called for, like, three to three and a half. Right. And then just... Okay, all of that aside, whole different point, it just sounds... There's, like, a random chaotic quality to the song. (laughs) Yes. Musically and lyrically. Yes. That I was not... I didn't enjoy it. You didn't enjoy it? I didn't really enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could go into the nitty-gritty of why, but it's, like... I don't even. I don't even. Want was it to. that it seemed like it was unpolished, or was it that it just seemed like it was like over the top and unnecessary? There was no groove. I didn't. I didn't feel like dancing. Honestly, bro, you didn't feel like dancing to that. No, dude, I didn't. It didn't, well, it didn't give me that vibe. And okay. then the vocals. The vocals were under the mix, as if he's like embarrassed about. His right, singing. the vocals were under the mix. I like felt as that. if he's embarrassed about his singing or his performance or his emotion, like. Right. And then the it's like, so that was just like another element of, okay, I, what's, okay. And then the lyrics are very much <laughs> nonsensical. Like, they're supposed to be nonsensical, but right, it's like, right. not even in a funny or, or interesting or enter, entertaining way. It's just like... I think that this song is like Danny Elfman try, maybe trying a little bit too hard to be Danny Elfman, you know? He's like, look how wacky I can be. And it's like, it goes like full tilt wackiness. But I... I agree with you in that I do think there's a groove. I would contest you on that, but I think that it overstays its welcome, and I think that that's... I would say, I, I started to... Okay, you know how I said the song's too long? Yeah. There was, like, a minute and a half, at least, of, like, instrumental, or, like, toward the end, where it was, like, Right. That, I actually started to groove with that, so, like... Like, near the end of the song? Yeah, so it's, like, I almost okay. feel like if you just took out all the lyrics and the words, and you just, like... <laughs> Sort of simplified the arrangement a little bit and let oh, it be, that's funny. let it be this wacky groove for like three minutes. Yeah, I would that would have been my like most ideal enjoying okay. of, the, of the piece. But, okay, but the way it is, it was like mm, right. Yeah. I think like to me, it's funny because like the chorus or the bridge or whatever you want to call those parts were like a changed key. I think that those were sort of like the breath for air parts, 
and then you would like go back down and it would like be in like that one groove for like a couple minutes and then it would come back up for air and then it would go back down again and right. I feel like if you had like two of two or three of those crests I feel like it'd be fine but there was like four or five of them which I feel like was a little too much right um it's funny because I'm thinking about Oingo Boingo's other songs especially on this album because I think that Weird Science is the very last track on this album the album is Dead Man's Party which the ch- the title track off of that song when I think about it more it actually also has a chord progression that stays basically the same the whole song but what it does well is that it has it's it has it's like it's valleys and it's peaks whereas I feel like this song it was at the same peak the whole time like even when it right. changed keys I feel like it didn't really have a moment of like solace like it had like the breaks where it was like why don't people understand my intentions but it only happened like twice out of the song maybe three times and I don't think there was enough of that relief I think if there was more of that than like the quirky like wacky parts would have hit harder but like one thing that Dead Man's Party does really well is that it has like it's moments where like the song actually like backs off and it lets like the synths take a solo and then it has like the horns take a solo and it just moves a little bit better, I think, instead of... Because I, I, I agree with you. I think that there were parts in the song where it just kind of felt like it was just hanging out, not really knowing what it was doing. Yeah. It was like, we're going to ride purely on the strength of the hook, and that's it. But um, I don't think you could ride on a hook for six minutes and, like, you know, and, like, and not have people be like, okay, what's going to happen, you know? Like, yeah. it, like I am a huge Oingo Boingo fan. Like, don't get me wrong, but I totally agree with you. I think that, like, again, listening to it more, I was kind of tempted to be like, "All right, the song's still going." Okay, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not like it's not a bad song, but it just any song that's good if it goes for too long, it's gonna be it's gonna be tiring after a while. Right. You know? So that's the that's the that's the burden I have to bear is that I love Oingo Boingo. I agree that this song definitely is too long. You could have cut the song in half, and it would have been perfect. But as is, it's a little bit too long. I also think, too, that this song, because it's... uh, This song is also the lead single off of a movie soundtrack called Weird Science. Oh, there's a movie called Weird Science? There is a movie called Weird Science. Okay. It actually stars a young Robert Downey Jr., believe it or not. Like, we're sick to manage shit. You'd love it. Um, the only reason I, I know that... Okay. The only reason I know that is because I had some friends in middle and high school that were really into it, and we would watch it, like, almost every year for Halloween. <laughs> because, you know, things happen. But I think that in the context of the movie, I think the song works fine as, like, you know, a, a credit sequence or, like, a dance sequence. But I think yeah. as a standalone song, it feels like it needs something more, you know, to work. Yeah. So, anyway. Danny Elfman always has had a vibe of um, being very theatrical with his songs, though. Yeah. So he probably had an idea of, like, some kind of movie that was running in the background while he was... Yeah, writing this song. So. I mean, I'll, I'll uh, I will say I I very much enjoy the Simpsons theme and uh, <laughs> and uh, Night- Nightmare Before Christmas is some great songs. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, Danny Elfman is a, okay. Quick question. Yes, quick is answer. Night Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Is that a Christmas or Halloween film? Oh, it's a Halloween film, dude, for sure. Cool. Okay. They they live in Halloween Town. Yeah. It's a Halloween movie. I, my sister, that's like one of her favorite movies. It's it's one of my favorite movies. It's a great movie. I like I I really like it a lot. Not as much my not as much as my sister, but I like it a lot. That's okay. And I want to watch it now. So it's really great. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's one thing I will give to Danny Elfman is that he he ha- he always no matter what he makes he always has a vision, you know. Mm. And whether or not that vision is executed in the proper medium. You know, I think in this case, I think that it would go well as a music video. I actually haven't seen the music video of this song, but I'm sure that it's just clips from the movie that it's from. But, like, I'm sure that he had that vision when he wrote this song. The the nice thing about Nightmare Before Christmas is it's technically a musical. So, Mm -hmm. all the songs that he writes, they have specific scenes that they go towards so that, like... You don't have to vamp on the same chords for six minutes to get your point, you know? Like, right. you can tell a story, and I think that's one thing that Danny Elfman's really good at, is, like, setting the scene for a story through his music. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, we should watch it, dude. I'm down. It's a fucking great movie. Let's watch it together. Hell yeah. P.S. When was the last time you saw it? Oh, sorry, what was that? No, nothing. I haven't, I have not seen that in like three or four years at least. I think I, I think I saw it two years ago in full. I'm like so down to watch that. Yeah, me too. My P.S. was just gonna be another like, hey... Let me know if you want to party, because I, I, I know I know some parties on Friday and Saturday. P.S. Let me know if you want a party, bro. Let's go ham, dude. Ham. Go ham. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, um, this yeah. this is in, of course, before, you know. Do you remember, did you ever go to Hot Topic, by the way? Was, I, that, uh, was I, that a thing that you I, knew about? I would, not often, but sometimes frequent Hot Topic, yeah. Okay. Because I remember specifically when... I remember the I remember the fucking week, maybe not the day, but I remember the week when I went to Hot Topic, and they were selling Nightmare Before Christmas merch, and I was like, oh shit, it's happening, it's gone mainstream, <laughs> now everyone's gonna be fucking wearing Jack Skellington merch, it's gonna get hype, it's no longer a secret thing, everybody knows about it, here yeah. we go, and like, not that that's a problem, because Nightmare Before Christmas is a great... It's a great movie. More people should know about it. More people should be fans of it. That's fine. Yeah. But I, f- I'm, I don't know. I have this. I have this huge problem with like things that I love becoming trends, which maybe is like the punk kid in me mm-hmm. being like things that I love. Like I hate seeing them like marketed or like over marketed. I should say. Right. Um, because like. With with something like Number Before Christmas, it's very much the, the the core of that movie is very much about like being true to yourself, you know. Right. Um, and so to see it on a bunch of merchandise, I'm kind of like, is that the theme though? Is that the fucking theme of the movie? But like nobody cares, obviously. Yeah. Like, no, I I yeah, I agree. I There's when I was in middle school, there was a girl two years older than me. Mm-hmm. Her name was Roxy, and she was like a sort of dark, it's a, it's a sick name. Dark, mysterious. Was she goth? Yeah, nice. and very much gossiped about girl, and um, like at once, okay. or, once or twice a week, she would wear like something related to Nightmare. Um, sorry, Nightmare Before uh, Christmas. Yeah, Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Um, and uh, I think it was before it became a huge hot topic thing. Okay. And uh, see, the, see, like this is my this is my ultimate moral dilemma: is that like. I think it's the moral dilemma of any punk kid, you know? Like, you hate to see something you love become, like, like a corporate marketing thing. Like, you hate to see something you love turn into, like, a commodity. But right. on the other hand, like, you want you want more people to like it as much as you do. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, this battle between, like, <laughs> you know, like, rooting for its popularity, but also, like, being mad when, like, people turn it into, like, you know, merchandise and shit, you know? Right. Which is, like, it's a hard it's a hard line to walk because, like, one directly affects the other in a way. Right. Okay, to totally switch points here. Okay. We'll leave that can one you, to listeners. Can you remember, but... like, um, like, when's the last time a film has come out that's, like, been, like, uh, what's the name for the animation style of Nightmare Before? Oh, stop motion? Yeah, when, when what's, I, like, I, don't, I feel like that's not... Well, the last movie, technically, the, the last big movie to have come out that was stop motion that I remember is called Kubo and the Two Strings, and it was by this animation studio called Studio Leica. They're fucking awesome. If you guys are listening to this podcast right now, look up Studio Leica. They're incredible. They did uh, Coraline. They did uh, Box Trolls. They did, um, uh, oh, shit, uh, Norm, something Norm. It was that was a really great movie too. They they're actually one of the one of the few great American stop motion studios. Cool. Um, they're really awesome. Like look up Kubo and the Two Strings. The plot is is good. It's probably the plot is honestly probably the weakest part of the movie, but the animation is fucking incredible, dude. Mm. And it's all stop motion. It's all done by hand. There's very minimal like computer effects. Um, if you really want to be blown away, look up Coraline, um, which is actually based on a Neil Gaiman book. Um, it's a feature-length movie. It is, it's the first feature-length that Studio Leica ever did, and it's probably their best. Okay. Um, it is, it is a monument of stop motion, 
Um, by the way, listeners, I don't know if you know this, but I went to school for stop motion, so I know a lot about the shit, so this this is like my secret thing that I know about. let's watch Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas. Coraline is very much a Halloween movie, too, so it would actually go really well. Do you know, like, the, do you know anything about Coraline? I saw it. Oh, you have seen it? I saw it, like, right, like, within a year of it, of it being released. Oh, good boy, okay. But I haven't seen it since. Okay. So I don't remember anything other than that one moment of my life. It's just... So, what's crazy to think about about that movie is everything, including the sky, including the ground, yeah. including all the flowers that bloom throughout that movie are all done by hand. Like, That's amazing. Like, that. that is actually... See, when I watched it, yeah. I didn't fully appreciate it. Yeah. And so, that's why I really want to rewatch it. Yeah. It's it's a movie that is just a... Mo- it's, it's a monument, like... You look at that movie and you're like, this is what could be done with the medium. Like, this is close to the the furthest that it could be taken, you know? Yeah. Like, just not even using any... I don't think they used any computer-generated effects for that movie. I'm pretty sure it was all by hand. That includes the faces of all the models. That includes, like, yeah, like, the sky effects. Like, all the sets were built by hand. It's just, it's it's incredible. It's like I'll watch that movie every once in a while and just be like, "This is how you, this is how you do it." It's yeah. crazy. The other animation studio that's really big is Ardman, and they're the ones that did like Chicken Run and like Wallace and Gromit. Cracking cheese, Gromit. Um, they're British, um, but they were kind of the ones that like first, they kind of first popularized stop motion mm-hmm. um, outside of like art house studios. And then Leica was, like, the first American studio to really, like, push the boundaries and, like, go further with stuff, so. Hell yeah. Anyway, mini rant over. Suffice to say, it's a Halloween kind of mood, so we're, <laughs> you know, we're talking about Halloween movies. Um, should, we, should we rank them up and... Yeah, let's rank them. Wish, wish our audience goodbye. Yeah, let's rank them, dude. So, should we rank them worst to best to try to build suspense? I'm pretty sure we all know what number one's gonna be. Uh, Let's do worst to best, dude. Okay. I feel like we don't ever do that. Um, oh, you start. You start. Okay. You know, it, this is kind of a hard one because I feel like the subgenres of each song are so different. Because I feel like normally when we do these songs, it's either hip hop or pop. That's it. We yeah. basically just have those two to choose from. We sometimes have a country song. We sometimes have a rock song, but very rarely. I think that was maybe two out of ten episodes is when we had either of those. Right. Oh, three out of ten because we had another country country song. But this is a song where you've got like you've got your folk, you've got your classic folk rock, you've got your pop, you've got your weirdo '80s pop, <laughs> and then you've got your super classy classic like fucking Michael Jackson "Diamond in the Rough" song. Mm-hmm. So where do you go? I feel like for me, probably fourth is gonna be Disturbia. Okay. Um, just because it, I feel like that's the natural choice for the lowest. I don't think I would put Weird Science as fourth, although I realize, I realize now upon listening to it as an actual song and not as, like, a relic of my eighth grade childhood, um, listening to it as an actual song, I realize that Weird Science is very repetitive. It does have issues as far as mixing, but I think Disturbia, it, it, you know... I like it, but the takeaway from it is that it does feel really hollow. I think you're right. It doesn't really feel like it has a lot of genuine feel behind it. It just is like, oh, this is a song that I know is going to be a radio hit, so I'm going to make it. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think that Disturbia's fourth, even though I do like that song. Um, oh, man. It's so hard. It's, this is such a tough one, dude. I f- yeah, I mean, I feel like Weird Science is going to be third just for the repetitiveness. I love Danny Elfman. We've talked about that for, like, maybe ten minutes now. But I feel like it's going to be third. Uh, Witchy <laughs> Woman's going to be second. Thriller's yeah. going to be first. Yeah. I think that's pretty much my ranking. Yeah. Mine... I was going to say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like, ten minutes ago, I was already... I was, like, a while ago, I was already, like... As soon as the Oingo Boingo was done, I was, like considering what am I going to write yeah, yeah. And I was like, going to say what you just said, but I really thought about it, and I was, like, searching my feelings, like, <laughs> like Yoda tells. Searching, searching through the cosmos. And, um, yeah, dude, no, Oingo Boingo is the last. Is it last? Okay, okay. I, okay. Just, 
I'm not going to explain why. It's just very long. Well, I think we did explain thing. why. And yeah. then Disturbia was three. Okay. And then same with you. It was uh, Witchy Woman was two, and then Thriller was number one. Cool. And well, I think we can all agree that Thriller is number one regardless. Yeah. Um, and that's not even on bias. That's just purely on aesthetic. You know, like yeah, it's just a great. It's just a well-made song by one of one of the best artists of the time with one of the best producers of the time. It's just you can't go wrong. It's a great song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, cool. Well, we are done with the Rossi. Uh, Josh, how you feeling over there? I am buzzed, but, like, I don't know. It might be the same level of the old English episode. I think that I'm, I'm like, slightly below that. I think yeah. that I'm, I'm happily buzzed, but I don't feel disgusting right. while I'm doing it. Yeah, this is, like, <laughs> I'm just, like, this is, like, the second most buzzed I've been. Like, yeah. right below the old English episode. Totally. But I, I feel, like, so much better. Yeah, in the old English much better about yeah. myself as a person, and yeah. also like my body is like I can, responding uh, better. I can live with myself. Totally. Know. Well, um, thank you guys for joining us on this special spooky Halloween episode. Um, next year we'll probably do the same. So uh, tune in next That's year, right. and hopefully next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't wait until next year to tune back into us. Yeah. Please tune in next week. We'll have more. But yeah, I've been Seth. I've been Josh. And uh, you guys have been the best. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. And uh, yeah, tune in next week. We're next week. We're actually gonna do our top and bottom five of the first forty. So it should be a very interesting episode. Yeah. There you go. Uh, lots of feelings are gonna come out. I know it already. So yeah, <laughs> tune in next Monday, and uh, we will uh, be blasting that for you guys. Any I'll last words, yeah. Rossi? Um, I love you guys. I I would encourage trying Rossi Sangria. So good. Tasty. It's packs a punch, and uh, <laughs> let's go party on Friday, Seth. Fuck yeah, Josh. All right, we'll see you guys in the next one. Oh, yeah.